Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and that was the most enthused way you've ever brought us into a show. Yo, I just caught you so off you, guard, the look on your face. Your eyes just lit up, like everything. I could see the whites of your eyes. I could see the entire <laughs> color of your eyes. <laughs> I love it. No, keep it what in there. Happened? Mike the Mike guy. What's up, my dude? <laughs> I love it. Welcome back, guys. Keeping it together. Wow, what a very exciting opening. I don't know. You always make fun of me for going hello, like my low pitch voice. You and freaking Scott. I know. Both do it. He's so funny with it. Sometimes he'll just send me snippets of it. Did Did you hear how I just said that, hmm. Scott? Scott. Scott. It's not like he listens anyways. Maybe this will be the episode he listens and he'll hear me call him. Out I hope like so. That. Just just tell me talked about him. Oh, of course. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> episode thirty six. We hope y'all are having a fabulous Wednesday. We're gonna be talking about a lot of weird shit. I'm excited. Uh, coming out of last week, we had a lot of people reach out to us. I had a lot of people reach out to me on my personal page, and this episode is kind of an inspiration uh, from you guys. I had some friends who I didn't talk to in like a long time, and we started catching up and whatnot and and the one question i kept getting asked was what's it really like living in new york city like you live in a bubble i was like what do you mean i live in a bubble and as we started talking about things i started realizing that nothing is comparable Mm -hmm. uh and it was also at the same time i was watching ellen degeneres's uh netflix special relatable and i was like shit nothing is relatable now and i started thinking about you know what are all the different things that are not relatable living here like there's so much it's unreal like we're about to move Mm-hmm. this coming weekend in together and man it's gonna be a time but moving is fucking stressful here oh it's so stressful all the crap that we just went through or to just, find this place let's dial it back apartment hunting yeah apartment hunting in new york is the most difficult thing i've ever done in my entire life it is so different so like back in college super easy for us yeah you we would find a place online online and then you would just rent it put the application in online and be done yeah no not at all how it works here. You know, you have to go through a realtor and then a management company and then a landlord. And then it's just in a place right now where... All the fees you have to pay as well. I mean, at least we got a broker with no fee. That's the thing that really trips me up here is that there's this thing called a broker's fee with buildings. And it's been explained to me multiple times, but it still doesn't make sense. And I think it's just the landlord's way of being a complete dick. Because all that it is is a broker is paying... For you to see the building. That's all that it is. That's all that a broker's fee is. For you to see the building and have the apartment. Oh, so the broker's fee doesn't even really go to the broker. Yes and no. So usually if there's a broker's fee involved, that means that they have to pay up front for you to see the apartment. If you follow through with it, you have to then pay the broker back for getting the apartment. If there's no broker's fee... That means that the landlord typically has a better relationship with the management company and will, quote unquote, cover the broker's fee and let you see the apartment. That is How insane. messed up is that? That is so messed up. Do you want to talk about how insane the broker's fee was going to be for that one place oh we looked at? Oh, my God. That we, there was a place we were looking at. Also, a- let's, let's just talk about the place first. So the for- apartment itself was so ideal. The massive. rooms were massive, exposed like the bedrooms, brick. exposed brick. The kitchen was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. There was just all this space. Yep. And the bathroom also had like a washer slash dryer. Like mm-hmm. it was a washer in a dryer in one unit thing. Oh, yeah. Which was a gem. Yeah. Uh, like that's all, all amazing stuff. Um, 
but it was a six floor walk up. I was really convincing myself thinking we could do a six floor walk up. <laughs> and if I were anywhere else in the entire country, I would just not. But the fact that I'm here considering, oh, I can do a six floor walk up when I already complained about my fourth floor walk up as it is. What? Hey, I knew the whole time I was not going to be able to do it. I am on my feet all day. Yep. The last thing I want to do is climb up six flights of steps to go home. I would never leave the apartment. Yep. Like, nope. It would I be would never to go leave. to work and then to come home and then that would be it. And I would go up and I'd be done. <laughs> but it's amazing to me just how exponentially different it is. You know, there's a lot of other things I think I can compare things to, but apartment sizes and moving, you just can't. I was watching this documentary, um, actually yesterday. It's called The World's Weirdest Homes. It's on Netflix. It's only 48 minutes. And the first thing that they show is this guy in Brooklyn. Um, he's in Flatbush. And he was complaining about how he didn't like any of the size apartments he would find. He was complaining about broker's fees and landlords. So you know what he did? He took a dumpster and converted it into a tiny house. And now he lives in a dumpster in Brooklyn. And he paid $5,000 to make the entire dumpster. And now his life is making these tiny houses out of old dumpsters that are no longer in use for homeless people and people who don't want to pay New York prices. That is absolutely insane. But I, that that just shows how insane the housing is. Like, that's where his mentality went. And I was like, wait a minute, why would you live in a dumpster? And then he's like going through in this documentary showing how things work. It doesn't make any sense. But his rationale makes sense. And that's the reason they bring it up. His rationale was that I don't want to pay ridiculous amounts of fees to people that, one, I don't trust, two, for a space that doesn't have everything that I like, and three, that's going to make me immobile from where I want to be and what I want to do. Yeah. You know, our lives really live around transportation here where you move you have to move where you can easily get public transportation you know mm -hmm. they build it on the apps like street easy you can now search for places based off your commute oh when we were looking for places that was one of my main goals was to be close to yeah. like a train or a bus that would get me to where i need to work it's still a concept that blows my mind that we have to think so much about our transit from day to day like i was talking to my friend kadisha back home about this and explaining her our how we need to essentially live and she was like you know when i moved i literally thought nothing of how far i'm gonna drive i just thought of what apartment is gonna be great if we did that we would be in like westchester and that would be like rough as hell that would be so rough trying to find the place that we ideally want if, you know and it just really got me thinking like our lives really revolve around the subway system or the bus system or just walking because taxis are absolute trash and I'm not going to rely on them. You know what's crazy what? is that before I moved here, the idea of walking at most 20 minutes to get somewhere I needed to go, hell no. Like in college, yep. I would take the bus to South Campus, even though the walk itself was just 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. If we went out to the bars or anything like yep. that, like anything on High Street... Uh, if it was a 20-minute walk, no, I would Uber. Uber I would Uber, Uber $5. like less than a mile away. Oh, yeah. And how selfish is that? I think about that now. Me, I'm like... 20-minute walk, easy. 20-minute walk, easy. Yeah, I'll walk 25 minutes to work in the morning. No big deal. Like, like this is fine. Everything's fine. I, I mean, what it could also be is that when I think about the walks, like the long walks in Ohio compared to the long walks mm -hmm. in New York, in New York it doesn't seem... As long because the streets are so busy. Mm -hmm. There's people out. You're passing all sorts of stores. Yeah. You have more of a distraction. In Ohio, there's not all those things. There are cornfields. Like, yeah, I feel like the long, the, the walk is longer. In Florida, there's longer. palm trees or just like a highway and that's it. 
And it's, you just don't. Palm trees. You just don't. But you know what? Even it still upsets me to my core is that the speed limit is 25 miles an hour in the city. 25 miles an hour for you to move in between the streets. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever no. seen the speed limit signs? The the most I've seen is 30 miles an hour. Um, and that's right before you get on the FDR, which the FDR is only 40 miles an hour speed limit. Fun fact. I think it's because there's so many freaking cars. There's so many, there's so many cars. The lanes are so small. I just found this out like two weeks ago and it really blew my mind. And now I completely understand why traffic just sucks. Well, you know, they're tr- I, th- I think New York is trying to get rid of cars in the city. They just passed a law where there's like an Uber taxi well, tax now. Yeah. So now on Uber, Lyft, Juno, any of those apps, there is a automatic $2.75 fee. I don't know all the specifics of it, but from what I heard and what I gathered from why it was passed was to let the tech, like the actual yellow cabs control more of the roads rather than these startup companies. Mm. So now you have almost $3 tacked onto your ride before you even ride. So what used to be like a $10 Uber is now $13, $14, Mm -hmm. which is stupid. I mean, yes, the streets are congested. We need to clear them out, but I don't think icing people out by price is going to do anything. I mean, maybe it will, because now I take the subway more. Maybe that's the real goal of this. Maybe. I don't know. The subway itself is just a weird concept. I don't know, but I I mean, I also hate taxis, too. Taxis are trash. I. They're absolute did trash. Did I ever tell you about the one time I... Okay, so it was back when I used to work downtown. Mm-hmm. And I had woken up late, so there was no... Like, I found out when I got to the train station that the six trains just weren't running. They weren't hitting my stop. That's also the best part is that you don't know if the trains are working or not working. And you don't know until you're in the station. Yeah, so I had to get out of the station. I had to hail a cab. Well, there were, like, two coming. But when I rose my arm, one taxi had, like, was just about to pass me. And there was another behind him. Mm -hmm. And the taxi that just about passed me, he, like, slammed on his brakes. Classic. And then the other taxi pulled up. And I... You didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I went to go into the second cab, and then, like, he started, and then the first cab started honking at me, and, like, it was just a mess. Naturally. There were cab drivers yelling at me to get into their car, and then finally got into the first cab driver's car, and he was like, I I was here first. You get in my car. (gasps) And I was like- What? Yeah. So I did not tip him. No. I I wouldn't have even got- I would have gotten right out of the car. I took the taxi to Grand Central, and I just remember I I got out, and he was like, are are you going to add a tip? And I was like, nope goodbye sir like you don't yell at somebody like that if you want them to use your service have you ever had a taxi deny you from where you are going to no i haven't had that yet i've had that happen four times now i'm now i'm counting it and it's always because of if i'm going into the city somewhere if i'm coming from brooklyn into the city um i've been denied out there three times and then i've been denied in the city going outside of the city one time now and they're not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to do that. They're did not. you report there? Oh, yeah. I did the 311. Did my due diligence as a New Yorker. My God. Called that them is in. awful. I took pictures of license plate and sent them in because that is, you, you can't do that. And they Did you call the taxi driver that. out? Yeah. I said, excuse me. And they were like, no, get out of my car. I'm not going there. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, you know I'm going to report you. He goes, fine, do what you want. The one guy literally said, fine, do what you want. However, even though most taxis are trash, I will never forget. The one taxi driver 
that drove all the way back from Brooklyn oh to return God. your cell phone when the you left unicorn it. unicorn of all taxi drivers. That was the most insane evening. It took, like, you gave up and it took me two, I think like two hours I to find your phone on, on Find My iPhone. I sat on the corner outside of El Sombrero. Fab restaurant, by the way, if you ever want oh, that a place good, is so good restaurant in the East Village with some good queso. Go to El Sombrero. And I sat outside there for like an hour and a half waiting for this guy to come back to deliver my phone. I mean, I was just like, fuck it, I'll buy a new phone in the morning. And you were so determined with I the find my so friends on your, on your phone plus the find my iPhone to get this taxi driver to come back. I think I paid him like $150. <laughs> cheaper than having to buy a new phone. Honestly, cheaper than having to buy a new phone. But if we would have never done that, that guy would have never brought my phone back because we called him like 20 times. Yeah. Well, I think because where your phone was in the car... It was, it like went underneath a seat or something. But I just remember we were, we, we were in the restaurant for maybe like five minutes and you were like, I don't have my phone. And it was just that moment of like, well, what do I do now? Do you remember that one time when my mom left my birthday cupcakes in the, in the taxi? Oh, that was, oh my God. That was so, that's the one, that's one of the bad things about taxis is that if you leave something in the car, it's gone. It's gone forever. That's what's nice about Uber is that if I leave something, for example, Eh. well, there's a better chance of you getting it back because in a rideshare service than in a yellow cab. You have a better way of tracking cab. it down. It's hard to track down a taxi. I remember I was flying back from LAX and I had left my purse in my Uber. But I was able to call my Uber. you got Uber it back. And I got it back. So I was able to get on the plane. Like I was panicking. I was like, my ID. Like, I help. Um, but I can't do that here. My mom can get my cupcakes back. I was really sad because those were special cupcakes were from good. Ohio. Mm-hmm. I got but you the good cupcakes the next day, though. You did. But my heart still hurts for those. So I had a question um, from a listener, one of my good friends. I've, I've realized a lot of our listeners now are our friends, so shout out to you guys. Um, somebody asked me, they're like, how much do you actually rely on a yellow cab versus the subway? And my initial reaction was, oh, subway definitely more than a taxi because the the rails are always um, usually easier to take than the road. But then I really started thinking about it. And I'm like, shit, there are definitely times I have just gone to the corner of a street and taken a yellow cab for like five minutes, ten minutes. Like there are definitely times I've started relying more on a yellow cab than the trains. I think it depends on the situation. Like for me, for example, if I have the time, mm-hmm. then I will take a train. Mm-hmm. But if I need to like be picked up immediately, need to get somewhere immediately, I'll take a cab. Or if like... Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a dress and the weather's bad outside. Ooh, like your if, outfit makes you rely on one. Interesting. Yeah. Like like if I'm wearing heels, depending on how high the heels are or how far my destination is from the train station, mm-hmm. I will take a cab instead or like a rideshare service instead. Yeah. So I, I mean, guess it, it does, really depends. It does kind of really just tie back to how much we rely on transportation here. It's something that I'm still getting used to having been here. I just came up on my two-year anniversary in the city last month and it really i get very nostalgic during it i remember on my one year i was like what the hell am i doing and now i'm at two years and it's like all right now what am i really doing and you don't even really think about how much time you spend thinking about transportation whether that's with google maps or the subway my mta app to see where the trains are at or something like that it's just one of the only cities that i personally know of where we have to think about transportation every hour you know what am i thinking about when i get out of here um today out of the studio what train i'm gonna take and if it's gonna get me home on to the right place at the right time you know 
Yeah. It's just another one of those incomparable things. Another one of those that somebody brought up were bodegas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those I, are like I would a have staple never... of New York. Oh, yeah. I love a good bodega bacon, egg, and cheese. That is... There's nothing better in the world than walking in and getting a bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Sober so, or hungover. I would say a bodega is comparable to, in Ohio, like like gas station convenience stores. I would say they're, they're in comparison because... Interesting. They're... Think about it. You... If you want, like, quick food... Or you want like, like either packaged or whatever or a quick drink? You'll go to a bodega. Sure. In Ohio, you know, if you're passing one to get on like the highway or sure. getting to where you need to go, you'll stop there. Sure. You'll pick up a drink. Like one of those like quick places. They're open yeah, late, but the culture of it is where I see the difference. I mean, there's me like, and my bodega cat are tight. Okay, I had to tell I mean, my bodega cat that I was moving, and I honestly cried. I mean, obviously, there's differences in like the the culture in each, but I would, I would compare yeah. how we use bodegas here to how people yeah. in Ohio use if you're, gas yeah. station convenience stores. I mean, talking about the usage of one is, is that, but, but gas stations don't have bodega cats. I don't even have a freaking I bodega cat. I love my bodega cat. Oh my God. Her name is Bobby and she's black and orange and white and oh, she's the cutest little kitty. And she'll stand on the little stoop of the bodega and wait for people to come in. And if the door is open, she'll paw it open for you. Come on, you can't get that Are service you anywhere. Else. I love. This I need to go to your cat. bodega before you mo- before I we move. I am gonna go today to say goodbye to them because I, I have to pick up some packing tape. I mean, and, I, and that's the thing. I know they're gonna have whatever I need. That's the best thing about a bodega. I've never been led astray at a bodega. If okay, I've gone to you a have gas a good station, bodega. No, no, no. By you because I I could I've, not get that in my see, bodega. I've never had an experience where I've walked into a bodega and they didn't have what I needed. Like there are times I I remember I was at work and we it was somebody's birthday and we had to buy birthday candles. It's one of those strange items. You know where you're gonna get it. I walked into a bodega. They had it, and it was just like, all right, here we go. They had birthday balloons. They had the candles. They had everything. They had streamers. You know, they had everything you could have needed. <laughs> but when I go into other like convenience stores outside of New York, mm-mm, trash, mm. absolute trash. Yeah. Like, there's a big hype right now around the Wawas that are popping up everywhere. Like, it's super popular in Florida now because it used to be in a lot of other uh, southern states, and they're known for their gas station food that's actually pretty decent, like hamburgers and subs and, and like, that fast food type stuff. Um, I still don't understand the craze of it. Like, have you heard of these gas stations? I've heard of Wawa, but... Somebody called it the Bodega of Florida, and I said, take that back right now. Take that back. Take that statement back. I, I think they're popular, um, like, East Coast mm-hmm. along there. But for me, like, what we have, we have Sheets. Sheets is lit. But everybody has what they call that, like, the big gas station chain. You know, I think in New York, I've seen like two gas stations in my life. Oh, yeah. Over in like Queens and like Brooklyn. And I've, stuff. Seen, I've seen one in the city on the West Side Highway. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's like upper it. or is it Upper West Resort or was it over? Oh, would it have been by the place where we go mm-hmm. see shows a lot? Terminal 5. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. It's a BP and that's all that I know. Well, there's car dealerships over there. That's well, I think yeah. that's why. But you know what's funny? That's the only place in the city with car dealerships. Is the west side. I've never seen any on the east side or in Midtown. The west side is a strange land that I don't think I'll ever understand. Yeah. 
it's it's just one of those that I I will never get it fully, but it's what makes it different. It's what makes it its own thing. You know what is also crazy about New York is that mm. it is one city, but each area of the city is like its own city itself. It's so and it's such a small definitive. area, yeah, that is so definitive. Because when we when we say places like Upper East Side or Upper West Side or uh, Soho, we get different images in our yeah. mind that classify those areas. Oh, yeah. I remember I was talking to somebody. And I was telling them, you know, I live on the East Side and I, I live in the Upper East area, and I was talking about this grocery store agata valentino which i love and, and when i can make the time to go to it i do and i was saying yeah they're all on the east side and this woman goes i'm a west side girl i would not not know about any of that on the east side and i was like really and she was very like definitive on what it meant to be like a west side girl not that it's a bad thing but it was just so different to hear like that enthusiasm about living on the west side and it was just different and yeah you, you don't really hear a lot of people feel that strongly about a very small neighborhood of like 10 blocks, you know? Yeah. Did you see, um, on Saturday night live, I think her name is Leslie. She's a comedian. Mm -hmm. When she, she went to the upper East and showed ore washers. Yes. Oh, and she yeah. did a whole music video about it. I was like, oh, this is yeah. amazing. I was like, wow, this is my life in a nutshell. Thank you. She's fab. But like, that's the thing. Like upper East ciders, like it's very, you can act that way, and then there's the total opposite, where it's, like, a very weird range of post-grad kids that want to live in a nicer neighborhood but can't afford to live downtown. I would say Upper East Side is full of, like, young professionals and, like, young families, because I see a lot of little kids. There's tons of young families. Yeah. I live right by a school. Yeah, but then you also have your older successful people. I mean, I would classify it in general as a nice area, but those are the main populations of people that I feel like I see most of. Well, it's of. funny. The further in inland you move, the richer it gets. And it's crazy, like, how Park Ave and Lexington Ave have really defined what the Upper East Side is, but then you go out to York Ave, and it's like, mm, there's me. <laughs> there's a river. There's a river, and then there's me. And that's great. Oh, my God. You know what I just thought of? Hmm. Remember when I first moved here and I stayed in that Airbnb that was right on york avenue oh yeah and i was right next to the river but the way that my snapchat map showed me it showed me i was in the river that you were literally living in the river i remember because i had just moved into my place and i was gonna come up and see you and i was trying to find you and find my friends and your mom called me at the same time and she was like why does it say sabrina's in the river i remember my mom my mom called me and she's like please call me back i want to make sure you're not dead and I was like, oh, she wait. called me like three times. I loved it. <laughs> and it was, I was laughing so hard. And I know she was being so serious, but it was so funny. <laughs> she was so scared. She was very concerned. And I'm like, she's fine. She's in her apartment. She's just, her apartment's next to the water. <laughs> it, like, honestly, though, it wasn't even next to the water. I don't know what it was about the internet. Because it was kind of like I was living in a basement. Um, and I think just with the way the internet the grid system, there, or the grid system, the, the cellular thing. system, it showed me in the river. You know what also never makes sense? When you leave the numbered streets and you move into this whole area of downtown New York and financial district, West Village, East Village, when the grid system makes absolutely no sense. Oh, yeah. No, like, I, I work downtown now, and I would think, like, I would learn and, like, I would understand how this these streets work. Still don't know. I still get lost on a daily basis. Like, even on my lunch walks now, like, I can't even go very far anymore because if I don't go in a two-block radius, I get lost. Like, I remember one time I, I thought I was going to venture out and, and walk um, towards the Oculus, and I got lost in the Oculus 
because of how all the street entrances are. <laughs> and I like circled around the Oculus for a solid 20 minutes. And I remember like texting my boss, like I'm lost and I'm going to come back to work. Just, just know I'm coming back. <laughs> I, I just can't find my way back. I'll be back. I swear. It was rough. And that ended Alyssa's adventures downtown. Like Alyssa's lunch adventures downtown. It's bad. Like, I didn't ever think I was directionally challenged until I met the financial district. And then everything went to shit. Like, today, I was taking the two train to get down here to come to Fulton Street. And I'm like, oh, I've been in the Fulton Street Center all the time. I know exactly how to get out. Fun fact, there's a entrance on William Street. Never knew there was a William Street before until today. And <laughs> I thought I was going to get here, like, 210, like, a little early, come in, get the laptop ready be like very fully focused to come here and I walked in at 220 completely lost and very disoriented and still a little disoriented from it it's it's a whole thing and I really wish that the grid system would make sense past the numbered streets but how would they do that though because we ran out of numbers well even in like alphabet city you know, where there's Avenue A, B, C, D, all of those. You would think those avenues would go in order. They do not. They don't even go in order of the alphabet. Wait, they don't? No. They cross each other. Oh. 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 Mm-hmm. They cross each other? They cross each other. Or to my knowledge, they cross each other. I still get lost down there. But oh, even like First Ave will stop and Second Ave, like all of those avenues eventually stop somewhere. And they should really just follow down to the end of the island. I forget where they stop. No, I think because mm, I cause New York has like a weird shape on the east side where it like comes in, and I think that's mm-hmm. why the the streets stop, like the <laughs> avenues stop because they because the island stops. The island stops. Like I'm pretty sure that's what happens. You want to know? What- Somebody um, told me the other day they never knew Manhattan was an island until they moved here. I have a friend. uh, She told me I could talk about this as long as I don't say her name. She was convinced Manhattan was connected to the state of New York until she moved here. And when she flew in, she saw that it was an island. And she was so dumbfound that Manhattan wasn't connected to the state. And for the longest time, thought the grid system of Manhattan connected to the state of New York. Your face right now is in disbelief. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Just like little things outside of New York. If you don't live here, I guess you don't know that it's an island. Yes, you don't know. And it was just one of those moments for her. She was telling me, she's like, when I got on into Manhattan, I was just so confused because I'd be on water on one side and water on the other. And she was like, I didn't understand how this happened. It's a concept that I I don't even understand how you can get wrong. I mean, if she doesn't look at a map of New York often, then maybe. Well, she's also been inland for most of her life. She's from a state not surrounded by water. And when you're, I don't know, in a small town, I guess you don't really think about that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. Every time I go back home, my world changes. And I, I try and compare how I act here to be back in Florida. And it's just a totally different scenario. So, I, I mean, I kind of get it. But, like, also, look at a map. You know? <laughs> and also look at a <laughs> look map. At, look at a map. You know, those are there's maps and, and atlases out there that you can look at and see. Yeah. I had another um, friend I was talking to last week, and she said she was watching something on the news, and 
there was this phrase that came up saying how New Yorkers help New Yorkers. They don't help anybody else. They just help New Yorkers. And you can really pick out what a New Yorker is out of anybody else. They always say, as long as the hope is gone from your eyes, you're a true New Yorker. That's a thing. (laughs) You know? But it's real. Like, everybody always looks miserable on the subway or they're sleeping or they're moving through life. But that New Yorkers always help New Yorkers. And I asked her, I'm like, what do you think that means? And she said on this interview... They were saying, like, how New Yorkers are mean to people except their own kind and they protect their own kind. And I was really trying to think what that meant. And I remember I was on the subway three weeks ago is when it happened. There was just one of those guys that came on the train, clearly pissed off about something, clearly intoxicated and just yelling and, like, wanted everybody to hear him. And so he had what looked like a pocket knife. And this woman had, like, a a bag, like a messenger bag type thing, and he was going to go and cut the messenger bag. And I was sitting on the train, and this person next to me saw what was happening and was like, do you see this happening? And I was like, I can't even believe he's about to do this. And she goes, I have to do something. And she gets up and, like, pushes this guy off the train because it was at the same time the train doors were going to open, pushes him off the train and alerts an MTA worker, and they arrest the guy for almost assaulting this other woman. And I was like, what? Like, this whole experience happened, and then you have, like, all these other people. That's insane. You have all these other people rallying against this woman who was almost going to get her bag stolen, making sure she's okay, making sure she gets to her stop okay, and that nobody else bothers her. An MTA worker comes and consoles her, and it was just this experience of, like, what? All these strangers came together to protect someone. And I respected that. That is so nice. You know? Do you remember seeing that video? Um, it was on a subway. This guy, he was yelling racial slurs at at somebody on the train. Mm-hmm. And all the people... I mean, that happens almost every all day. All the people on the train, they were defending the guy. Yeah. And he... They were, like, trying to kick him off the train. And mm-hmm. he was so adamant about getting his stuff. Somebody, like, threw their soup at him. What? It was awesome. They threw a soup at him? Yeah. Yeah. People on the train sometimes suck. Like, they're just rough. Like, there was one guy I was on my way to work, and most people are unfazed by it. And and I realized most people are very unfazed by the crazy ones on there. And there was a guy just, like, casually playing with a blowtorch. Like, one of those mini ones that are about only, like, five or six inches long. And he just kept, like, flicking it on and flicking it off. And I was sitting there, like, what is happening? (laughs) What is going on? And, like, somebody told an MTA worker... And they, like, got him kicked off the train. It was a whole scenario of him with this blowtorch. They, like, confiscated the blowtorch. <laughs> and he kept, like, trying to light his own hair on fire. It was a whole experience. Well, there's there's actually another podcast out there. They're called Subway Creatures. And I follow well, their account on Instagram. That's not a podcast. No, they actually they have a podcast. Pod- yeah, they have a podcast. I thought it was just an Instagram. No, like, like I've been on their Instagram before and they'll post videos of them doing their podcast what they're a podcast yeah but they also post all that stuff wow that goes on on the subway i've had some stuff submitted before and i recently saw there was like this one this girl she was plucking her boyfriend's eyebrows on the train like he was laying on her lap stop that's weird that's not a thing i've seen people in like weird costumes like somebody was wearing a trump mask pushing a like a baby doll in a stroller it was very weird it just sounds weird you know i just love that everything in the city what does it always come back to the subway the subway or the mta oh. the evil that they are i always make the joke that i want to get like like push in front of an mta bus or just like a little injured so they can pay my rent 
and I can start a case against them for the whole city of New York and how they need to fix everything. Cuomo, fix our subways, even though he's not. It's a whole thing. They, You know, the L train is no longer getting shut down and this new interim construction that they're doing is like not really going to help it. You heard about this, right? Um, so I heard they stopped the shutdown of the L train, but I didn't hear about the interim construction. So they're not shutting it down through the week, but on the weekends it's shut down and certain nights. And what they're doing is replacing the track, but not fully replacing the track. The, the biggest thing that they're fixing is the tunnel, which that is the biggest portion they need to fix, but they're not really fixing many of the other rails. So people are without transportation on the weekends and it's going to happen for a year instead of two years. But the crazy thing is, I know some people living over there, a lot of people signed leases when the L tr- uh, shutdown was still happening and all these landlords were taking like half of the rent off. So if let's say a place was $1,200, all of a sudden the place is $600, $700. So now some people are living pretty in Williamsburg for a $1,200 place that's now $600. And now they get to ride it out because the L train's no longer shutting down throughout wow. the week. Yeah, I heard I heard about that part where people who decided to stay are happy. People who decided to leave, they're pissed. Mm-hmm. I'd be pissed, too. I'd be pissed. Um, me, I'm also kind of... Part of me is regretting right now not moving over there because $600 for a $1,200 eh, apartment. Eh, you know, my life is in the city. I'm, I'm truly I know. a city girl. As much as I love Brooklyn... And I love going over there. I am through and through a Manhattan girl. Oh my God! What are all the what are all the cool kids going to do about their brunch? They can't take the L train over to Brooklyn. Take the ferry. I'm like, oh, there's a ferry. You don't know about the ferry in Williamsburg that goes to Financial District? There's a bar on the ferry. There's a I, bar on the ferry. I've sat on that ferry before for two hours. And can we do this when it brunched. gets warmer again? Oh yeah, it's a thing. I want to. You can do take this. your Metro card. Oh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, and it's dirt cheap. And the best way to get from downtown Manhattan to Williamsburg is via ferry. Don't do it, though, now. I did it once, and it was awful and cold, and I was, like, crying the whole way because there was so much <laughs> I wind. was crying the whole way. I hate it. You know, I look like I'm sad the full time, and I'm not sad. I'm just, like, crying from the wind. <laughs> and then makeup runs down. But also, isn't that crazy? That is something that you'll only find here in New York, a bar on a ferry like that. A bar on a ferry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the little New York things that are truly non-relatable like every time i try and compare it to something of one of my friends back in florida or ohio or wherever else i can't ever compare it i'm just like well yep yeah. i do live in a bubble I it's really true am. honestly and then all the stuff that goes on here the experiences that we have here we can have anywhere else like it anywhere i feel like no i oh getting sentimental on i me. really like i feel like it yeah think about it um in ohio bars close at two think of all the crazy shit that has happened to us after 2 a.m yeah that the 4 a.m nights when we first moved yeah. here we were like yes let's do it let's go to a bar till 4 a.m and now i have to start drinking kombucha in my life so my <laughs> liver can handle these 4 a.m nights well also Shout out too, to synergy this is one of the only places that the bars stay open that late i hate it and then also, wow, okay, well, dang. I don't I don't like that. I don't like when places have their bars closed at 2 a.m. because then I feel rushed. But then if I'm at a bar that's like a 4 a.m. or a 5 a.m. closing type of thing, then I get peer pressured into staying that long, and I definitely don't need to stay that long. Oh, you! I never get peer pressured. Oh. Sometimes I'm like, goodbye at 1.30. I get looped right in <laughs> because of my FOMO. But then also, too, the places that we get to go, the different kinds of bars, like, 
if we, if we wanted to, we could take a 20 minute, well, from here, I think it would be like 10 minutes, a 10 minute train to like a Brooklyn dance club. Or if we wanted to go. output, still upset. Yeah. Still upset about Or like output. 20 minutes north to like some dive bar in the Upper East Side or. Like the stumble in where you can yeah. play beer pong in the bar. Yeah. Or take it over to Times Square or something like that and go to like a rooftop. There you go. We have all kinds of like this access to all these different kinds of places to go out to. Options. I'm a female and females like options. And that's, that's why true. the city was designed for females to give us all the options. Man, what is the coolest bar you've ever been to in this city? The coolest bar I've ever been to? Yeah. Well, I, it's a tie between two. There's one speakeasy I love. Uh, it's called The Back Room. We've been there before. We've been there, yeah. Where you have to walk through this alleyway, and there's this big metal steel door, and you literally have to like pull it aside, and then you walk in, and it's this old 1900s library turned into a bar now, but it used to be a speakeasy back in the day, and all your drinks are in teacups, and the furniture is from that time period, and it's just one of those really cool vibes. I don't know. The ideas of speakeasies are, are like my thing. Like For a while, I was on a huge speakeasy kick. And that's all that I would go to. Well, also think about the two. I never heard about, well, I never knew what a speakeasy was until I moved here. What? I did not know what a speakeasy was until I moved here. Not from like history class or anything like that? Not even when you learned about U.S. history from about the 20s, like Gatsby era, like all that stuff? No, we didn't. We don't, we don't have speakeasies in Ohio. We don't have them in Florida either, but I definitely knew what they were. But I mean, like we didn't talk about them. So like I didn't know what they were How until we moved here. did you not know here. what a speakeasy was? But speakeasies are only here, right? No, I mean, more or less, but back in the 20s, Prohibition was throughout the U.S., so, I mean, they were huge in New York. Oh, a speakeasy was, like, a place. Oh, oh my oh. God. All right, history lesson. Ready? Okay, let's go. So, Prohibition happened in the 20s, and what Prohibition was was that it banned alcohol. You couldn't sell it. You couldn't consume it. You couldn't purchase it. It was completely banned, so what people would do was find a way to have a bar, have a drink, and it would usually be underneath something, or you'd have to get to it in a very odd place. So there's speakeasies now in the East Village where you have to go through laundry rooms, or you have to go through, like, for the back room, an alley to a steel, this big steel door that you'd pull aside, and it's this huge bar. Um, they would have flappers in there, so lots of old-school strippers. Um, it was a huge time where people were told they couldn't do something, so they found a way to do it. And so now speakeasies have quote-unquote come back to life because they're a super trendy thing to do to like find an odd spot for a bar Mm -hmm. but they were originally created because of the fact you couldn't consume alcohol that's why the back room still serves their drinks and teacups to make it that authentic experience because you couldn't even make it look like you were drinking in there like there would be times raids would happen in some of these speakeasies and they would get completely destroyed if there was any evidence of alcohol or glasses that looked like they would serve alcohol like champagne flutes martini glasses man your life is like being turned upside down right now this is so damn interesting i gotta give you some books on it i mean a lot of people have read the great gatsby and there is a little historical relevance in there with how the parties used to be and the speakeasies but there's a lot of um great books out there that really document what the 20s and the 30s looked like in the U.S. that really talked about this movement and how um, people pushed for it to eventually go away, that this that this law went away, that they took the ban off the ban. <laughs> Man, it's a time. Wow, what a time. 
Man, and to wrap, I guess, this epi- this weird-ass episode up, I have a question of the week for you. Okay. It's, again, a thing that is unrelatable anywhere else but only here. What is your favorite Subway performance to date, good or bad? Oh, I've seen a couple, but I will say that my favorite one will be when I came out here to visit you for my birthday, this guy was like doing acrobatic shit on the bars in the subway. Oh, yeah. And the reason why that one is my favorite, because that was like the first time I was getting on the train on my own. Oh my God. And like, that was like one of the, that was like the day Your that I was like, I could, train yeah, I was like, I could do this. I could live here. Mm-hmm. And I had a subway performance Aww. on that day. So that was cool. My favorite recently happened. I was on my way to work, and I get to work pretty early. I usually like to get to the office before 8.30. That way it gives me time to get my coffee. I get settled. I can look at my emails, do whatever else. And it was about 7.30 on the train, and we're going along the local train, nothing weird. And all of a sudden, these four guys step on, and they just look like a normal group of guys coming on. Next thing you know, they start snapping, and they start singing barbershop quartet style. And they were, I could, I couldn't even tell you what the name of the song was. I recorded it though because it was such a cool performance. It was these four older gentlemen who just had these powerful, deep voices singing barbershop quartet songs, not asking for money, not asking for anything. They were just there on the train to sing. And then when they were done singing, they were like, Hope y'all are having a good Wednesday. We got one more song for y'all on this car before they move. And I stayed on two stops because I wanted to hear them sing. And it was just such a really cool, beautiful, pure moment of people who just wanted to bring a little joy on a Wednesday morning. And then after they were done singing, they barbershopped quartet style, sang Happy Hump Day. And they, it was like one of the funniest, coolest things I, I think I've seen so far. Like nothing very over the top, but enough where it just like made you smile. You're like, wow, I'm going to have a good That's day so today funny. because of these men. They were just like the nicest, like humble guys I've ever seen on a train. Oh, my God. You know what I just remembered? Hmm. Remember that one time I sang on the train? Oh, my God. That's right. I did that. That's definitely one of my top five when oh. we pushed you to sing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys made me sing Ain't, Ain't It Fun. And I remember my throat was yeah, really dry, was... so I was scared it was going to sound really bad. Mm-hmm. There were only a couple of people on the train, and there was, like, this couple sitting across from us. They were clapping along with and you. And they were clapping. Some people didn't know what to do. They Anybody were like... can be a subway performer. They were like... Is this real? Is this legit? Is she is she a thing? Like what's happening here? <laughs> I remember I laughed the whole time. We, I was like crying because it was between the fifty seventh and seventh stop and the forty second stop on the, on the, on the queue on the qua. You're gonna start calling it the qua now. I can do that a lot more now because I'll be taking the queue a lot more. Ugh, I hate that train. You know, I just got a new guitar, so so now you're really gonna now, be a now I really performer. can do it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, guys, this wraps up episode 36 and our nostalgic views of New York. Thanks for listening through our weirdness. Once again, I'm Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 37.